WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, if you have ever tried to hire a contractor to do some building work for you uh, around here these days, you know that it can be very difficult to find someone who is available. People who are qualified and skilled in the building trades right now are in extremely high demand. There are not enough people going around uh, to fill all of the demand, and that is particularly acute uh, in the Pittsburgh area when a big construction project happens, such as the construction of the cracker plant that is happening right now up in Beaver County or any of the building projects that are happening in the East End right now of the city of Pittsburgh. There is an organization that is trying to encourage people to uh, look for jobs in the building trades. It's called the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania, and they are particularly right now interested in recruiting women and minorities and other underrepresented populations. Jeff Nobers is executive director of the Builders Guild of it's the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. Is that right, Jeff? That's correct. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Sure. Thanks for having us on. So tell us, first of all, what the, who the Builders Guild of, of Western Pennsylvania represents and, and what all it does. Well, we represent the uh, 16 union construction trades that operate in Western Pennsylvania generally, but uh, obviously most of the work is here in the 12 county southwestern Pennsylvania area. We also represent contractor associations, general contractor associations, specialty contractor associations, uh, and these are primarily the contractors who in turn are hiring our union members uh, to perform the work. And and we work uh, in non-residential construction. Uh, so we're doing uh, power plants, roads and bridges, cracker plants, stadiums, office towers, uh, things of that nature. We do not work in the residential market. But, but it is true that there is a lack. There's there's not enough people going around to handle the work. Am I accurate about that? Oh, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, we're at a point right now where we are uh, pretty much maxed out on uh, the number of members we have across our 16 trade unions uh, to perform the work that's going on in the region and, and the work that's uh, anticipated to begin this year and next year as well. Uh, now, we're meeting the demand at this point, and some of it has to be supplemented by bringing uh, union tradespeople in from from locals that are in adjacent states and so forth, and that's not uncommon in the construction industry, especially when you get a huge project like the cracker plant. Uh, far and away the biggest construction project, single project in the history of this region, in excess of $6 billion just by itself. So that type of a project does uh, draw a lot of people in and creates a huge demand, uh, but it's a good problem to have, certainly, uh, in our region and in the long-term benefits of that petrochemical industry building out. I mean, just to give you a sense, mm-hmm. uh, right now we're probably at about, I'd say, 36, 3,700 of our folks are working at the cracker plant every day. 
uh, come July, August time frame, that number is going to be uh, roughly 6,000 or more on a daily basis. So that, that just gives you a sense as to the scope and size of, of what that particular project is. Conversely, you can look at a, you know, a, a large office building or even some of the hospitals that are being built. Yep. And you may only have a couple of hundred people on that job every day. So, uh, you know, that is just a massive project, the Cracker Plan. Uh, how do people get in touch with the Builders Guild to find out more information? Well, the easiest way is uh, to go to our website, which is buildersguild, all one word, dot org. And once you get to our homepage, you'll see some tabs, and there's one that says apprenticeships. And uh, if you click on that, it's going to give you a drop-down menu of all 16 of our construction trades. Uh, you can go and visit uh, their pages individually. It gives you a rundown on what their apprenticeship training programs are like, how long they last, uh, and then links to their websites if you want to get deeper information on that trade. Now, you know, one thing I want folks to understand is the way it works in the union construction industry is you would enter into an apprenticeship. Uh, that apprenticeship will last three to five years, depending on the trade. And during your time in that apprenticeship, there's, first off, no cost to the person to be in the apprenticeship. All of that training is provided free. Secondly, you are paid. So you're, you're on the job, you're getting paid on the job training is what they used to call it, I think. Exactly. And, and most of the training takes place on a job site. So, you know, this is not like a traditional uh, sort of post-secondary education route, if you will. Uh, yeah, there's some classroom work, but then you're quickly taking what you learn at the training center of the classroom and applying it in the real world out there on a job site. And you're paid during that time. You also are in health care and you earn pension benefits. So, uh, you know, a very quick uh, example of that would be if, if you were coming out of high school right now and went to college or coming out of high school and went to a four-year apprenticeship, uh, by the time you're done in four years, the person that went to college, between the debt they've incurred and what they've spent going to college, the fact that they're not being paid uh, while they're in training or in school, yeah. uh, they're not generating health benefits or pension benefits, can easily be a four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar financial swing sure. uh, between the two, and you know, and this is not an anti-college thing. Mm. Certainly, I mean, a lot of the careers in our industry require four-year degrees or at least two-year associate degrees. What we're saying is there are multiple types of post-secondary education, uh, and one of those are the apprenticeships that we offer through our trades that are paid for by the unions and the contractors uh, to train you and help you to excel in the construction industry. Uh, and, and it's critical to us because as we see people retire, you know, we're at the tail end of the baby boom to a large extent, so we're continuing to see people retire. There's an increase in the volume of work. So the bottom line is uh, there is probably not a better time, nor has there been a better time, uh, to really seriously look at the apprenticeship programs in coming into the construction industry. Uh, Jeff Nobers is executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. Uh, give us your phone number and that website one more time. Yeah, the website is buildersguild.org. That's B-U-I-L-D-E-R-S-G-U-I-L-D.org. 
And the phone number is 412-921-9000. Let's take a a quick break. When we come back, uh, Jeff, I want to talk about this uh, effort to recruit underrepresented people into the uh, building trades, okay? Okay, very good. Uh, Jeff Nobers is the executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. We're talking about jobs in the construction trades and particularly about uh, recruiting minorities and underrepresented populations. If you have somebody or you are know somebody or you perhaps yourself are interested in a career in the builders' trades, you can find out more by going to buildersguild.org or calling them at 412-921-9000. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Jeff Nobers. He's the executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. We're talking about careers in the builders, building trades. Uh, they have an event coming up uh, at the end of March, and Jeff's going to give us some more details on that at the, later on in the half hour, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, what happened here recently? You, you had a big event that kind of made a splash. It was actually it was on the front page of the Pittsburgh Courier. It was in uh, a lot of the other news media about trying to recruit uh, minorities and, and, and women into the building trades. Tell us a little bit about that. Is are, are, who, What populations are underrepresented right now in the construction trades? Well, I, I think from a general sense, minorities and females are. I mean, traditionally, this industry, uh, if you go back 30, 40, 50, 60 years, uh, has been an industry dominated by uh, white males. Uh, as we've moved through the last, especially the last five uh, to seven years, and you've had a significant increase in construction in this region and the need to grow a workforce, it certainly became clear that uh, the available people to work in the industry are fewer. Uh, Our population isn't declining here the way it used to, but uh, it's not exactly explosively growing either. So you really have to look at who are the folks here uh, that you can reach out to and attempt to attract. Now, we've been working towards this for several years. Um, in fact, you know, there's several folks that I work with directly as we work with groups and organizations who are all African-American males or females. They're in the industry. Uh, but when you look at the population of the region, you know, that number should be higher than it is uh, for what I would call, you know, uh, equal representation of the population. So, uh, there was a pre-apprenticeship program that had been uh, conducted by another organization, and we were involved with them in it. Uh, but that group also runs several other types of training programs. And, and our viewpoint was that we really wanted to focus on the curriculum. We wanted to really best prepare folks, especially minorities and women, to be able to come in, uh, do the uh, application and testing and interview process, and successfully navigate that and get into the apprenticeship program. Uh, so we took over this program, which uh, we call Introduction to the Construction Trades. It's taught at the Energy Innovation Center. Uh, it is managed by the Builders Guild uh, in partnership with Pittsburgh Gateways Corporation. They handle okay. the administrative side uh, of the program. Uh, the big difference in the program, aside from some of the curriculum, really is 
that if you successfully complete the program, uh, we guarantee that we're going to get you into a union apprenticeship. Okay. Uh, which is is not done that often in many of these programs. Uh, our viewpoint is, you know, we vet the people up front, uh, and if they're going to commit their six weeks uh, to doing this, and if they show up on time every day and and do the work and and are enthusiastic about being in the industry, then we're going to do everything we can uh, to make sure that they can pursue that goal. Uh, you know, that program allows us to put an emphasis towards uh, minorities and women, uh, because in general recruiting, you know, whoever applies, applies. Right. Now, we won't turn down a non-minority or non-female uh, for the program if they otherwise qualify, but reality is that's not how we market it. Uh, you know, as an example, our current class has 21 folks in it. Uh, there are 18 African-American males, one African-American female, and two white males. Uh, so we still have a lot of work to do on mm-hmm. the, uh, the female side, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a hard sell to women uh, really? to convince them that, you know, uh, you know, welding pipe or doing brickwork uh, is something that uh, they really can do. Let's pause. Let's let me let me let me notion that they can. Yeah. Let me pause right there to, to sort of reintroduce you to folks. Jeff Nobers is executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. We're talking about the need for uh, more people to enter the construction trade to replace people who are retiring uh, in, in, in large part, but also to accommodate some of the large projects uh, that are underway around the Western Pennsylvania area. If you know someone who is interested in the construction trades or uh, you yourself are interested, 412-921-9000, or BuildersGuild.org, and we are talking in particular about the efforts to recruit uh, minorities and women uh, into the building trade. So let me jump back. I interrupted you there, Jeff. Um, I I, I don't want to put words into your mouth or to anyone else's mouth, but um, why would women be discouraged? They would be discouraged because they would be working with predominantly men, or what what sort of feedback are you hearing from women when you're trying to recruit them? I think it's uh, really, and from the women that are in the trades, uh, and they say the same thing. It wasn't so much that it is a male-dominated business or industry. Uh, It's the physical nature of the work. And uh, But now that these women are in apprenticeships or actually journey persons now, yeah. I mean, by and large, what they'll say to me is, you know, I'm not saying it isn't physical, but it's nothing like I thought it would be. And if anything, they're very, you know, they have high praise for the guys they work with. Okay. Uh, and some to the point where they say, you know, you were taught, you were treated like a daughter or a sister, uh, and, and if anything, they had to tell the guys, look, you don't have to take it easy on me. I need to learn this stuff. Okay. You know, let me, let me learn this stuff. So it's, it's not that male-female thing so much as it is, I think, a perception that, you know, has just been propagated over time, not just in our industry, but in many's, that this is not the type of work women do. Okay. Uh, and, and then women just having that assumption that every aspect of the industry is exceptionally physical, and that's not true. That's, is the perception that all building trades or all construction trades require a lot of upper body strength? Is that what's turning them off? Yeah, I, I think they just view it as, as uh, overall just... Uh, 
far more physical work at all times than it is. And I think you're accurate. I mean, it's still physical, you yeah. know, and it's still hard work. And, and you're going to work in various weather conditions. Like if you're working outside today, it's not a bad day. If you were working outside three or four days ago, you're like, gee, you know, it's not a great day to be outside doing this work. However, uh, you know, you're well compensated for that. And, and I think, you know, we're getting over that hump with a lot of women. And, and there are some, uh, I would say, operating engineers, heavy equipment operators. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of women are approaching that trade now. Uh, in the bricklaying trade, not so much bricklayers, but they have other training programs uh, like tile setting. You know, tile setting, yeah, you're down on the floor and you're on your knees and stuff, but it's not that heavy-duty physical work uh, that that you would think about with construction necessarily. It's also somewhat artistic, you know, uh-huh. so there's, there's that little bit of an appeal uh, oftentimes to a woman that isn't the same kind of an appeal to a guy where he's just like, yeah, I just want to put the tile down. It seems to me that wiring and, and finishing work and, and you don't have to be a Wonder Woman or a She-Ra to, to handle these jobs is what I'm, what I'm guessing, getting at, I guess. Yeah, no, and you're right. And it's just that you're, you're trying to reverse decades of thought process. And, uh, you know, if it took 40 years to get to a point where there was this general perception or myth uh, that the that the profession is not suitable, you know, it takes you a lot longer than a couple of years to convince people otherwise. Okay. And and I think we've made some inroads in that. And and by you know getting to talk uh, you know with you and talk to your audience, you know, hopefully they now have a little better understanding. Hey, this is something I should at least look at. Uh, there is a potential here for me to to maybe make a, a very lucrative and long-term career out of this. Well, let's pause right there because that's a, that's a good place to stop. I want to ask what the long-term career prospects and career paths are for people in the construction trades. And I also want you to tell our audience a little bit more about this event that is coming up uh, at the end of the month, okay? Okay. Uh, we're going to pause right here for 30 seconds and, and take our second break. Jeff Nobers is our guest this morning. He is the executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. You can reach them online at buildersguild.org. You can also call them at 412-921-9000 uh, if you or someone you know is interested in a career in the construction trades. And we will be back in 30 seconds here to wrap things up. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation on Lyle Boulevard in downtown McKeesport, this is to Rivers 30 Minutes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest for a final few minutes is Jeff Nobers of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. We're talking about recruiting people into careers in construction and other industries, and uh, in particular recruiting uh, African Americans, uh, other underrepresented populations, including women, into the construction trades. As uh, Jeff was saying a few minutes ago, uh, the perception has been that it's a white male uh, business to be in, and it is definitely not uh, like it used to be. Uh, Jeff, uh, before we go any further, you mentioned some of the different construction trades that people can get into. You mentioned tile. We've talked about plumbing, carpentry. What is the range of skill sets 
and, and, and job paths that people can be in from electrical wiring and plumbing, plumbing to what are some of the other career paths people can be in? Well, and there's, a, there's a wide variety, and of course, uh, all of the trades have different skill sets that are necessary. Um, there are some trades like uh, the electrical trade and carpentry trade are much heavier in math skills and so forth than, than uh, maybe the bricklaying or masonry trades are. Not that math doesn't come into play, uh, but not at the same kind of a level. Uh, they all require some level of skill, but I think the biggest thing is, and, and we tell apprentices this, the biggest thing it requires is a commitment uh, to want to do this and a commitment to want to you know, pursue a career where you can make uh, $80,000, $90,000, $100,000 a year plus benefits uh, if you're willing to dedicate yourself to it and work hard. And, and there's nothing magical about that. Is, is there a lot of travel involved? I mean, are, are people, if, if you're in one of the trade unions in western Pennsylvania, are you mostly staying close to western Pennsylvania? Oh, by and large, you're in western Pennsylvania. That being said, though, you could work in Butler County for four or five months, and then when that job wraps up, you might be working in uh, Washington County, uh, or you might be down in Fayette County. So there is some travel within the region, uh, but you're not going to be traveling out of town, per se, unless you chose to do that. You know, there are some folks that work in the industry that do like to follow the big jobs. Yeah. Uh, iron workers uh, do a lot of that. Steam fitters do a lot of that because they do a lot of work on gas and oil pipelines. So, But that's by choice. Uh, nobody's going to come to you and say, hey, you've got to go to Oklahoma for two years and work on okay. this project. Uh, that's something you would choose on your own. What skills or personal development things do people need to bring to you or to one of the different craft unions, meaning what, what do they have to have in terms of qualifications when they're looking for an apprenticeship uh, in one of the crafts? Well, the, the, the base things you need to have are you have to have a valid driver's license. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you have to have that to apply. Uh, there's a few of the trades that don't require that for application, but reality is to make a good career out of this long term, you have to be mobile. Uh, and you have to be able to get there on your own because you can't always ride share and you're certainly not getting to most of the job sites on public transportation. Okay. So the license is important and either owning a vehicle or having access to a vehicle is important. You have to be over 18. Um, by and large, you have to have a GED or a high school diploma. Okay. Uh, the biggest issue is uh, you have to be drug free. Okay. Uh, I think it's well documented. You know, the drugs are a major issue across our society. Uh, they don't know the bounds of race or industries or age or gender or suburban versus urban or anything else. So, uh, you know, that is something that, uh, you know, we like many industries take very seriously, especially in our industry where safety is a paramount concern. Uh, it's intrinsically can be a dangerous industry. And uh, we go to great lengths to ensure safe job sites for our members. Uh, so, you know, being drug-free on those job sites is a critical part of safety. And you're tested throughout your career. Uh, they can be random tests. They can be for cause tests. They can be post-incident tests. And there's an annual test. So, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, folks have to be cognizant of, that, you know, this is taken very seriously. Uh, aside from that, a lot of it is really if you have, you know, reasonable math skills 
and uh, reasonable comprehension skills in terms of being able to read something and and discuss what you just read. Yeah. Uh, because on a job site, you might be handed say, "Here, go install this thing." Well, right. you're going to have to read a manual and understand, you know, what that manual is telling you. Um, you know, you're in a pretty good position uh, to get in there, and and it's uh, you know interpersonal skills. It, it is a team environment. It truly is. Uh, you can almost equate it to the military a bit. You know, if you're one of 30 carpenters on a job, you're the carpenter brigade, and you have certain assignments you have to get done in order to allow other trades to come behind you and do their things. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of teamwork involved. Uh, a lot of communication is important. But, you know, I, I think at the end of it all, it's you got to be serious about it. You have to show up on time, probably. Yeah. I think it was a, a comedian yeah. who said 90% well, of success was is just showing up on time. Um, exactly. You, you mentioned, um, and, and we're, we, speaking of time, we are uh, running short on time, but you mentioned obviously being drug-free. If someone has a past arrest in their history, is that necessarily a barrier to an apprenticeship? No, it's not to the apprenticeship. Uh, you can certainly apply, and uh, if you're successful in the testing and interview, uh, you're going to be off the apprenticeship based on uh, what you did there, not on what happened five, six, seven, eight years ago or more. Uh, the one caveat to that is there are certain projects that you can't work on. Okay. So if you have drug convictions, you can't work on schools. Okay. Uh, if you have gun convictions, or more, you know, the more violent types of convictions, uh, you may be precluded from working in power plants or hospitals. So, you know, there's there's still a lot of places you can work. But the reason we ask that and need to know that is we don't want to send you to a job site where we know there's going to be a background check, and then you have to go through that process of it being flagged, and right. you know, you can't work on this job site. So, you know, that's the only caveat to that. But we do a lot of work with Duquesne University School of Law Civil Rights Clinic. And uh, what folks can do is they can contact Duquesne University Law School, and what that program does is helps people with criminal record expungement. Um, and we've probably sent 250 to 300 people through their program, and uh, by and large these records get expunged. So now they can work anywhere. Okay. But bigger than that is it changes their whole life because they don't have that hanging over them anymore. Uh, to tell us in, in the last uh, minute or two that we have left, tell us about the event that you have coming up. Uh, I believe it's March 29th and 30th. You've got on the 29th, it's an event for students. Uh, tell us a little bit about those events. Those are at the convention center? Right. March 29th and 30th, David Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh. On Friday, uh, the event is not open to the public, but it's, it's for 7th through 12th grade students and teachers. And uh, to date, we have about 4,000 kids registered to come. Uh, we will have 15 of our construction trades there, as long as, as well as some corporate partners like Peoples and Duquesne Light and U.S. Steel and CNX and ATI and, and Shell Chemicals. And, and the whole goal there is to help kids and their teachers better understand the career paths in our industry, uh, the technical skills required, and, and to get into their consideration set as they determine what they want to do longer term in their life as they're getting out of high school. And then on Saturday, same event, but it's open to the public. So, you know, we're encouraging whether you're unemployed, underemployed, you just don't like what you're doing. If you work non-union construction right now, uh, whether you're male, female, uh, you know, yeah. regardless of your uh, your race or anything else, 
we really encourage you to come, and that runs from 8 until 3 o'clock on Saturday, March 30th. You just come into the convention center. There is absolutely no charge to get in, uh, and you can talk to all these representatives. Uh, some of the other companies will be actively seeking to get your application for some of the positions they have, and, and these are not minimum wage positions. You know, we're talking about... Uh, jobs that's starting easily are paying, you know, sixty, sixty-five thousand or better per year with benefits. You know, and that that's walking in the door starting. So, really encourage people to do that. It's ideal for veterans as well. Uh, to come and do this. Uh, Jeff Nobers is the executive director of the Builders Guild of Western Pennsylvania. Jeff, thank you so much uh, for taking some time to talk with us, and good luck with your event on March 29th and 30th. Thanks. We appreciate the time to talk with you and your audience. And thank you all for listening today. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and Two TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.